Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Mary, and I was introduced with Mary through Stephanie Donovan with Multidimensional Mom Podcast. She is a mutual friend to both of us, and I want to welcome Mary to the show. Welcome, Mary. Well, thank you. I love the line of work you're in. Actually, it's just fascinating. Let me just, maybe I should rephrase that. Uh, (laughs) Because what you do, you're an anatomist, and you work at a medical school. And what do you do at this medical school? Can you explain that to my listeners? Absolutely. So I'm a classically trained anatomist, which means that I've been schooled in not only anatomy, but physiology, embryology, and histology. So what I do there is I manage their anatomical donor lab. And so what that lab is, is for uh, medical students, when they are taking their anatomy course, they will have a lab component to that course, and that is human dissection. And so I just make sure that those donors that come in and that the students, I help with them in the lab, helping to get the most out of their donors um, and find all of the structures that's important for them to learn as they become physicians. Mm. There's a lot of things that goes on in an anatomy lab besides learning the basic anatomy of the human form. I mean, this is also a place where we see that our physicians learn compassion and empathy Mm. because, of course, the donors that come in have a multitude of pathologies. And sometimes, you know, when you're working with a donor and you open up the abdominal cavity and you see tumors or you see multiple surgeries, you know, we talk about that. Boy, that person must have been really uncomfortable. Mm. Can you imagine what that was like when, you know, they found out they got cancer and, you know, this tumor is pressing on this other organ? You know, they must have been very, very uncomfortable. And we talk about all of these different things because anatomy is anatomy. It hasn't changed since the beginning of time. We are all the same as we were before. But this is a place where we really can instill that compassion and empathy for the pathologies and surgeries that the students see because some of them will go on to be surgeons. Some of them will go on to be internists. Some of them will go on to be dermatologists. We don't know what they're going to be. So we really want to take that opportunity to teach them those sort of intangibles, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you kind of uh, focus a little bit on the passionate part of this, because if nothing else, they can go into the body and go, wow, what a hard life they must have lived toward the end of the life. And that compassion can only help them in their future endeavors, whether they're, like you said, a dermatologist or just a surgeon. And boy, don't we all need that when we have to face surgery, right? <laughs> Well, absolutely, and I think that that should never be lost on any physician, what's happening to that person, not only emotionally, and I mean, I think they understand physically, but it's a whole different ballgame when you have actually seen that disease Mm. in a donor, and you know how it's ravaging that person. Mm. It's very personal, very intimate. And I think that that only makes for a better physician. No, I I totally agree. And I love that part of this. But let me ask you, Mary, what got you into this? Well, initially, I went back to school to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I had many wonderful professors as I traveled through my education as a quote-unquote non-traditional student. I went back to school and I was quite a bit older. And many pulled me aside and said, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, but you're not a nurse. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm not, apparently. And so it wasn't the academics that was hanging me up. It was more my personality. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm somewhat militant, and I keep things running on time, which is how you got to be with, you know, graduate students. You got to get them in, get them out, get them moving, and get them on. 
so it is how it is. And in traversing all the way through my education, I ended up taking anatomy and I just was enchanted. Mm. And I really had a wonderful opportunity to be a teaching assistant the quarter or the semester after I finished anatomy. And it's there that I met my mentor and he said to me, you know, you could be whatever you want to be, but in all honesty, you're a teacher and I would like you to follow me up because he was an adjunct at the university I was at. That I would like you to follow me up to my university and I would like you to enroll in my master's program and we will make you into an anatomy teacher. Wow, wow. And that's how I ended up going up there and I started with him. I hadn't even finished my undergraduate degree, and I started going up there to make pro sections with him. And I, I did that continuously as I finished undergrad and then went through graduate school. And um, I made a lot of pro sections for a lot of colleges <laughs> with him. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird skill to have. It's just an oddity. Not a lot of people have it. It's bizarre. But that's why it's interesting, Mary. Seriously, because, you know, I would think you would be more of an autopsy kind of person, you know, and I don't even know what the name of that is. I can't off the top of my head. But but there's a difference, right? Right. So I am not a pathologist. Yeah, I do not carry a medical degree. I have a master's okay. in anatomy mm-hmm. with an emphasis on pedagogy. So that's my teaching component of my degree. Mm-hmm. But I am similar to a pathologist that I share their passion. I really do find it fascinating yes. what pathologies do to a quote-unquote normal person and how they manifest in the body. And I am quite amazed by that. And pathologists do a lot of histology work. And I love histology when I took it. I just could not get enough of that topic either. So I do share that passion with them, but I am slightly different, but kind of in their same category. And what is histology? So histology, so anatomy is the macroscopic study of the human form, and histology is the microscopic. Okay. So when we talk about histology, we're going to look at all the different cells that make Mm -hmm. up an organ. And it's so interesting because once you learn it, if you really learn histology and you are really learning that, you never forget what the cellular components of an organ look like. They are so remarkably different and amazing, and it is just fascinating. Like when you look at a liver and the little compartments, they kind of make into these like little rings. Mm -hmm. The cells kind of form these little rings, and they they sort of kind of form these little geometric patterns, these cells do. And you look at that, and you go, that's a liver. I know that's a liver sample. And then you look at the kidneys, and you go, I know that the kidney pancreas. Look at the cellular components of the pancreas. I know exactly what that is because it's so unique. Yes. And it's so amazing. And even the parts of your stomach, different areas of the stomach, the um, epithelial lining is slightly different. It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it, it just brings it all together, right? Because any, you know, anatomy, everybody's like, oh, so you stand there and point to things and tell people what they are. And I'm like, technically, yes. But in order to understand all of that, I have all this other education. And so when you understand the physiology of something, you want to know, well, why does it work that way? And how does that look? So that kind of brings histo in it. Well, how did we get there? So then you need to know how it became about embryologically. The way we are made is amazing. Yeah, because, you know, you think about it, you know, as far as I know, the liver can heal itself and regrow. Yes, yes. 
I mean, what? I mean, why can't all of them do that, right? So we could just have like extra organs, but but no, it's just just the liver. Thanks a lot. No, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to have to ask you this. Now you know, I'm going to go there. I'm going to ask about the paranormal. So I want to know what's going on. Do we have scary stuff going on? Did you have a creepy feeling? Do your students have a creepy feeling? Tell me everything. Okay, so I'll tell you that I am a practicing Christian. So I do believe that there is a heaven and a hell, and I do believe that there is a God and a Satan. Okay. So so that's my perspective on things. I do believe that God gives reign over the demons, and he allows them to attach themselves to us. So this is what I can tell you. I can tell you that throughout my experience, there has been many times when I know that I have received donor bodies, that there is something attached to it, and it's not a good thing. Really? Yeah. And I know that. I know that from the minute they come in the door, and they give me trouble, and I can't wait to get them out. And I will tell them. Like, I I have no problem with any of this. It happens. And I'm very matter-of-fact about it. And, I mean, I've told whatever's attached to some of these bodies. I'm like, hey, not today not going to happen today. You're not going to pull it today, you know, and I will be walking around the lab having conversations with whatever is in the lab because people don't always walk away clean from this life. Right, right. They weren't clean in the life. And so, you know, it's an opportunity, you know, and so I don't know how all of that works and I may never know and it may not be for really any of us to understand until we get to the other side. Sure. But I know that I've had plenty of donor bodies that came in with something attached to it and it's been a problem so one of the most benign things that normally will happen Mm -hmm. is i will be in the lab and i have lockers outside of the lab outside oh Oh, no and i have a beautiful lab it's lovely yeah and i will hear the lockers slamming in the hallway slamming 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 and so i'm like it's so like i get annoyed right because i'm like we're all grown-ups here this is you don't need to slam in those lockers, right? <laughs> so I, like, get up from my desk, because my office, you know, is right off the lab. So I get up off my desk, and I walk outside, because I'm going to go yell at some students, be a little more courteous, and there's no one out there. There's no one out there. And That's that doesn't there. freak you out? No. Okay, it's I- so par for the course at this point that I just am like, well, fine. What? Yeah, I'm just okay. like, well, whatever. That's like that- where we're going with this. This what? is where we're going. <laughs> I'm secure in my salvation, yeah. so I'm like, there's nothing you're going to do to me that is, you know, I'm like, I'm in God's hands, you know, yeah, and he's yeah. got control over that, Absolutely. and I know that he reigns over you, so. No, I totally get it, and I'm just dying. So, okay, are you finding out with these specimens, these bodies, these cadavers, whatever you want to call them, are you finding that these particular specimens have like maybe some depression or addictive personalities or whatever and maybe that dark attachment you know honed in on that frequency from that person and then it just sticks around and maybe wants to jump someone I don't even know how it works but you see what I'm saying does is that how you know okay the thing right none of us really know what happens after we die and we're told that in the blink of an eye we're gone and we're no longer here but I don't know if that's true of everybody and my religion does not state mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and so I don't know so like again these are questions that I don't have answers to right. and right. so I don't know if people are kind of milling around in between right sure. and sure. they're they've got this thing attached to them and all of this is going on you have no idea right. I mean and I could be completely wrong but I'm willing to bet no one else knows either yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so 
these individuals. And mm-hmm. so what I do know is I know their cause of death. Mm-hmm. I know when they died. And I know that, you know, basically when they've come to me, to be with me. And, you know, in my lab, when you card in, because believe you me, all these universities are secure nowadays. Right. You card in to get to my lab, it makes like a, a little beeping noise. Mm-hmm. That goes on constantly. Wow. And I will literally hear the door open and shut. Oh, my Of course, I get up from my desk, I waddle across the lab, <laughs> and there's no one there. So I'm like, okay, then I go out in the lobby. There's no one there. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then I just go sit back down and I do my job. And then if I keep hearing it, I just completely ignore it and figure if it's a real human being, they'll come back and find me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I try yeah. to be hospitable. I'm like, oh, how can I help you? But I mean, after a while, I'm like, I'm done with this noise. But I can tell you the absolute most bizarre thing that ever happened to me. So I have what is called departure day, which means my donors are going out. Okay. And I have what I call intake day, which means they're coming in, right? Sure. So it was an intake day. Okay. And I went to the loading dock because I bring these individuals up on a freight elevator. You certainly cannot bring them up on the public elevator. That would just mess with everybody's head. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) for multiple reasons. So I had a lady and a gentleman, and I was loading them onto the elevator. And our freight elevator is notoriously slow. I mean, I'm not kidding. It is so slow. The door shuts so slow, and everything is so slow. Mm. And it just takes forever. Mm -hmm. So... I load her on the elevator on her table, mm-hmm. and I have half of my body in the door of the elevator so that the laser light hits me so it knows not to shut the door. Sure. But I'm not real worried about this because it's so slow. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I can't reach the gentleman that's on the table, the other table that I want to load on the elevator. Mm-hmm. And I step outside of the laser light, and the door slammed shut like a rocket what? and I'm like I'm like oh yeah no I'm like we're not doing this <laughs> oh, no, and I'm frantically frantically pushing the button in the elevator because this person is going to be riding the freight elevator to upper floors oh, no. I have no control over this oh, no. and I'm You know, I'm like the only person who does this. So if someone gets on the elevator, I'm busted. Like, I'm going to get written up. Like, what were you doing? You know, and I'm like frantically hitting. And I hear the elevator going up floor after floor, stopping at every floor. What elevator stops at every floor? No elevator is called at every floor. It's an impossibility. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm so fired. I'm so fired. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to be done. Oh, my career's over. <laughs> and so I hear it coming back down, hitting every floor, because you can hear it. Yeah. And the elevator's like, third floor. And I can hear that in the, the lobby, in the, the freight dock. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. And so the doors open up, and here's this lady. And I look at the person in the bag, and I said, all right. I go, I don't have time for this today, so we're not doing this. I, we, don't, we are not doing this. Understand? And I load the gentleman on the elevator, and we ride up where I got to go, to the floor that I'm on, and I push the gentleman out, 
And I turn around to grab her. Door shuts like a rocket. Again. Again. Oh, no. And now I'm I'm like, oh, man, I am so busted. (laughs) So, again, I hear the stupid lady who announces the floor is going down. Floor, floor, ding. And I'm like, this is great. So I hear it get to the third floor, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe... Maybe, just maybe, no one will get on. Because no one got on before, right? I'm lucky. Right. So I hear it going down, and I hear, second floor. (laughs) Somebody gets on and goes, oh, my God, is that what I think it is? I'm thinking, yes, it is what you think it is. It's pretty much, we all know what that is. A body bag looks like a body bag. You know what's in there. There's no mistake in that. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to be fired for sure. And so then I hear it go down the first floor, down to the lobby, and then she comes back up, and I'm, like, pulling her out, and I'm walking down the hallway to get to my lab with this lady, and I'm like, I'm telling you right now, this is going to stop. It's going to stop. You're here for the next six months. I don't want any problems with you. We are not having this. I will not do this with you. You have no control over this. This lady generously gave herself as a gift, and you are not going to ruin it by shenanigans. And I'm, like, talking, like, down the hallway. People think I'm crazy anyways. It's fine. I'm not kidding. They all think I'm, like, got, like, five or six screw loose. And I probably do at this point, but that's fine. And I'm, like, talking to her. I push her in the lab. I'm, like, I hope we've reached an understanding here because I am not putting up with this. So, of course not. Of course not. That was like a nightmare of six months. Locker doors slamming, doors opening, closing, all of this going on. It was literally the most paranormally active six months I have ever had in any lab. What? Oh, my God. And it just went on and on and on. And the day that I got that chick out of there, that (laughs) poor lady, I don't know what was attached to her. I have no idea. And I'm like, I'm pushing her out on the dock. And I'm like, whatever you are, you're done. I'm like, it's over with for you because this lady's going for cremation. So I don't know where you're going or what you're doing, but you are done here. Oh you are done. Gosh. I'm done with you. You are done. You are you are stuck with this lady. And guess what? She's done too. Yeah. She gave her gift. She served honorably. She taught medical students that are going to go on and make a difference in this world. Sure. And you, I don't know where you're going. Oh. But you're done, too. Oh and, I mean, like, I'm out on the loading dock talking like this. People think I'm insane. It's fine. I don't care. I mean, but, yeah, that was the worst six months. Oh it was endless gosh. stuff. Endless, endless, endless. I'd be like, I'd open a door. And I'd find it open with a, the door stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'd come back two hours later. Door would be shut. Door stop would be on the other side of the door. Not like it slid, like the door slid closed, it yeah. would literally be on the other side of the door. Like somebody took it, put it on the other side of the door and shut the door. Oh my gosh. Let me ask you this though. I mean, with her being so active, were you ever afraid of something maybe following you home? No, Why? never. Why? No, I don't fear that. I okay. believe God protects me. Sure. I believe God gave me the gift that I have yeah. to do what I do. I believe God put me at the university that I am sure. at. Sure. I believe I am serving his purpose. Absolutely. And I believe that he protects me. 
Yes. And I yes. believe that with every fiber Absolutely. of my being. I completely I agree. I am protected yeah. and mm-hmm. surrounded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes on too. You know, there's angels in my lab. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, there's times when I think to myself, like, geez, did I do the right thing? And I'm, am I here for the right reason? Sure. Was this a smart choice? Because I could have done anything <laughs> I wanted right. to do. You know, and, you know, I mean, we all have those thoughts about sure. our jobs. And, Literally, you know, angels come in disguises and literally a student will walk in the door and say something to me that just changes the trajectory. And I do believe that God is using them and saying, I know you're worried and I know sometimes you're scared because freaky stuff does happen in your lab, but I've got you and this is my little messenger today. Absolutely. I totally believe in the protection of God source. That's kind of how I feel about him and uh, angels. Absolutely. And when these people come to you, these, these bodies come to you, are all of them knowingly beforehand donating their bodies or does that happen? Not necessarily against their will, but does it happen when just families do it, when they never talk to them about it? How does all that work? Okay, so body donation is really an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And so what I can tell you is what I know about what is true in my state. Okay. So in the state that I am in, my understanding, and again, I might be wrong, but my understanding Mm -hmm. is that whoever your next of kin is, is pretty much who decides what's going to happen to you. So even if you fill out all of those wonderful papers that says, I would love to donate my body and either for research or for medical school students Mm -hmm. to use, if your family is not on board with that, they can nix that and say, I'm sorry, I can't do this, right? Right. It's it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. It's very hard to take someone you love and say, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm okay with giving this person up. Right. Right? There's a, there's a lot going on there. I just lost this person, and now I'm willingly giving up this body, even though I know they're not there anymore. I'm willing to give up this body to forward either research or forward a medical student or, you know, uh, actually physical therapy, sure. physician's assistant, all of these types of medical professionals defect. I'm willing to to do that. So they can say, no, I'm not comfortable with it, and I'm not going forward with my family member's wishes. The next thing that can happen is whether or not you sign those papers, the person who controls you, you know, who has has that uh, legal control over you at the end, they can say, oh, yeah, I'm donating you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That can happen, too. Well, yeah. yeah. And I was going to ask you, so because those things, some of those things sometimes go on, how do your students react? Like, because I'm sure they don't just do it in front of you. They do it probably anytime you have students as well, correct? So here's the thing. I have a vendor, and the vendor is a donation facility. Okay. So really, the vendor deals with that end of it. Mm. And But what I can tell you, so I don't ever really know if a person that is on my floor, on my lab floor, has willingly donated their body or if their family has donated their body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I guess it wouldn't bother me either way, to be honest. Right. Um, because generally, family members are donating people 
specifically, like, when they donate for research. Right. Um, a lot of times they're donating because their family member had some illness and they're hoping to prevent another family from suffering the way they did. Sure. Well, like I said, do, but do any of your students notice, like, the door slamming and all? I'm sure it's not just oh, for you. No. Oh. no, they're so busy. That does not, that is the weirdest thing. That only really? happens when I'm in there by myself. It does not happen when the students are around. What? Thank God, right? Oh, yeah, I know. It's just all for me. Um, <laughs> that only happens for me. Like, I'll walk into where our professors, our faculty is, and I'll say to our administrative person, I'll say, hey, did you hear those lockers, Sammy? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, that's just for me then. Oh, my um, <laughs> Yeah, so I've asked other people that would be able to hear those locker doors slamming, or I'll say, did you see somebody go to my lab? And they'll be like, no. And they have, like, clear lines of vision on all of this. And I'm just like, okay, well, then this is just for me, which is fine. I'll take it. And, you know, wow. that's, I, you know I'm a big girl. <laughs> so the donors, <laughs> so when people are donated, sometimes, you know, families will follow the wishes of their loved one, and they will donate them for, for medical school, you know, student deception. Sure. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But every once in a while, they have second thoughts. Mm, so what yeah. I want people to know is sometimes it, if you ever in this situation and you donate your loved one or they want to be donated and you have second thoughts, I can tell you that if your loved one is at my university and you call me up, well, you wouldn't call me up. My vendor would call me up yeah. and they would say, I need body number one, two, three, four, five back. Mm. You know, this family is having a really hard time. Right. I can tell you, you'll have your family member back from me in 48 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Because okay. I do not believe ever in making a family who tried so hard sure. to give a wonderful gift wait to get Absolutely. that person back. Right, they tried right. hard. It's really, really no, hard. It is. I can, so yes, I can so if I can get that donor off the floor mm-hmm. and out of the lab, mm-hmm. I get it off and the floor and out of the lab. Now, that being said, there are times when I cannot do that. And that would be like, depending upon the unit that we are in during this section, you know, if we're in the middle of a unit and the students are defecting, Mm-hmm. that family is going to have to wait till the end of the unit. Right. And once we've gotten to the end of the unit, if I can send them back, I will, okay. right? Okay. Off you go. Right. But there are certain units that overlap. So we'll do a unit for thoracic and abdominal cavity. Well, that sort of overlaps with the pelvic cavity and lower extremity that's coming next. Mm. So that mm. donor wouldn't be able to go back until the end of the lower extremity. And then I'd be like, off you go. And then I would get... You know, I always have a spare donor on my racks just okay. in case something like this happens. Okay. And, you know, then when we start on head and neck, they got to start from the beginning and fresh anyway there. So I just give them a new donor and off they go. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Now, are the bodies treated, though, before they come to you so that you can work on? Okay. I just, I don't know how all that works. So so bodies are, they're embalmed in a okay. standard way with formaldehyde and all and they come in embalmed and a a well-embalmed body will last without refrigeration or anything else for quite a while Mm. so I have prosections which so a dissection you basically you're looking for a structure you're looking at muscle tissue and then once you're done looking at it you can basically destroy it Mm -hmm. to move into deeper structures right? right deeper tissue that's why it's called dissection we're taking you apart Right. We're disassembling you. 
But a pro section really is all about keeping everything intact at every level. Mm. And so a pro section, you know, is basically a, a donor that I've taken and removed the skin and I've elucidated muscles, nerves, uh, vessels, mm-hmm. organs, you know, anything and everything that is on their structures list. And it's just like it is inside of you, right? Wow. Yeah. So they see all the depths of it. They know where things, are, you know, how deep stuff is and, and all of that. And that's generally what the students will study off of because their donors have been dissected. So all of those lovely superficial muscles have been cut to see the deeper muscles. And so that's kind of how it goes. So my prosections will stay with me for two years. And if they are well involved and I take excellent care of all of my donors, Mm -hmm. they are wrapped and kept moist, they will last two years. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I didn't. I had no idea. Towards the end, what I say is they get well loved because vessels and nerves start to break as students, you know, use forceps to move them out of the way. And after a while, things weaken. They're well loved after two years. And it's time for them to go home. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So to me, I think the takeaway here is... You know, if anyone of my listeners are are listening, because I'm an organ donor, you know, for whatever. But, you know, this is something to consider for research and for people to understand and and how the body works, not just necessarily where everything is, but just, you know, what they went through, the cancer they went through, the substance abuse they went through, whatever it was that made them die. And I love the fact that you take such good care of them. So the takeaway is, and I, I bet you a lot of places are like this, I hope they are, that that's a good place for you to do some good after you pass. So this is something to consider for some of my listeners, if you are inclined. Absolutely. I can't, I am an organ donor and I am also will be donated when I'm gone. Really? Okay. All right. Oh, absolutely. And there is no greater gift, honestly, in my opinion, than you can give this world is to give a burgeoning physician the ability to look at you Mm. and study from you. Because that person is going to go on to treat thousands of people yes. based on what they gleaned from you. Yes, yes, I agree. And it's an yeah. amazing thing, an yeah. amazing gift. Wow. Well, Mary, you have been so enlightening and so funny, by the way, just cracked me up. And I could talk to you for hours, but I just want to let everybody know, um, Mary is just she was, like I said, I met her through Stephanie Donovan, uh, multidimensional mom podcast. I love that podcast. Y'all go give her a listen too. But Mary, thanks again. This has been so fun. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me. And if you should ever have any other questions about anything, please know that you can always call me. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.